You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Campus Beat here at CFRC 101.9 FM and I have the great pleasure of welcoming Dr. Lee Ayrton, Assistant Professor of Gender and Sexuality Studies in Education here at Queen's University. Welcome Lee. Thank you so much for having me Dinah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to have you back in the studios, <laughs> well virtually anyway. <laughs> yeah. So before we uh, talk about a new book that you've just put out, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the teaching and research that you do here at Queen's University? I sure can. So I, like you said, I'm an assistant professor in the Faculty of Education, and I do three big things, which I think all academics do. So I do research, I do teaching, I do service, and my teaching is in the Bachelor of Education program. So people who want to be teachers and have already completed a degree. And then I also teach in the con the concurrent program. So folks who knew they wanted to be teachers and they're 18 and complete parts of their B.Ed. throughout their undergrad. Mm -hmm. And then I also teach in the graduate program and I teach courses on research methods and and in my area of gender and sexuality studies and. Yeah, so that's what I do teaching wise and my research program is mostly about gender these days, um, but not gender when in the way of thinking strictly about sort of women and girls. I study gender diversity. So what do folks across the whole spectrum of gender identity and gender expression need in their schools? How do we prepare teachers to support everybody on that spectrum? And what should policy look like that tries to do good things for folks on that spectrum? Wonderful. Uh, very. Uh, thank you very much. It's great to get some ideas of who you are and what you're bringing to the table today. Um, so tell us a little bit about what drives your passion for research in gender and sexuality studies in education. Well, there's, there's so many things. Um, I think, first of all, it's worth sort of coming out and just saying that, uh, that I'm very much inspired by me search. So me search being a way to put the me in research. So a lot of folks who are come from underrepresented communities, we know um, coming up through our field. So in my case, education, that those places are not necessarily great places for us to be. And it happens that I found myself um, through many different career twists and turns um, wanting to participate in preparing teachers who can do create classrooms that are welcoming of gender diversity, because that is and is not true in many ways of my own experience of school and that of many people in my community. So that, that is my primary motivation, is the experiences that not only myself, but hundreds and hundreds and of people who I've known throughout my life as a queer and transgender person how school didn't work out for us. And that's why I'm here today. So that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So Lee, while you have published extensively already. <laughs> one I tries one's best. <laughs> you, you, you do very well. Wow. <laughs> An impressive catalog of books. <laughs> Ooh, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Award-winning books. <laughs> 
So now can you tell us, um, you've recently co-edited a new collection uh, with Susan Woolley, Professor of Educational Studies and the Director of LGBTQ Studies at Colgate University, a collection I understand entitled Teaching About Gender Diversity, Teacher-Tested Lesson Plans for K-12 Classrooms with Canadian Scholars Press. That's right. So this is a really ambitious project. Can you tell us a little bit about the collection? I certainly can. And it is, it is quite startling just how much work it has been. So in the very first year of my appointment at Queen's in 2017, my, my friend and colleague, Susan, who I met um, conferencing, I've known her for years at conferences in our area, asked me if I wanted to do this book. And it has taken this many years um, to, fin to finish it. So it's been about over three years in the making. And what it is, is the very first um, edited collection of classroom ready lesson plans about gender diversity. Um, so that's quite, we're quite proud of it for that reason. Um, it's a book that isn't like that. There's a lot of resources in the world that are about gender. And there's a lot of resources in the world for teachers that are about sort of trans 101 and teaching about transgender people. But teaching about gender diversity um, has lesson plans that actually teach about what gender is in really complex ways. Okay. And it does so across um, all of the grades. There's early years, middle years, senior and primary lesson plans in there. There's all area, there's subject areas that any subject area you can imagine, there's something in there that a teacher could use to teach about this topic. Um, and it's, it's, it goes far beyond lessons about transgender people, it actually uses gender, which is a complex experience that everybody has, and that every student is already trying to figure out whether they're trans or not, it takes that interest and teaches, um, teaches mandatory content like stats. <laughs> using gender diversity as a subject or as a subject or a topic of a lesson. So it's really, we're really proud of it. It took a long time and it's, it's doing something that no other book is doing. It, it sounds incredibly innovative and much needed in the classrooms today. So what inspired uh, the development of teaching and gender diversity? What are the collection's overall aims? Well, it was inspired by a request that uh, Susan Woolley and I and many other people get um, in my field. And I mean, I, I very happily receive emails from teachers and educators at all levels regularly asking me for resources hmm. because there's a lot of willingness to do this. There's a lot of willingness to integrate gender diversity into your curriculum or into, into one's course, one's teaching. Um, people want to, but there seems to be a kind of a block around, I can't develop my own, I must get something from somewhere from experts. And that can be really useful, but that can also be a bit of a block. Um, kind of a cornerstone of my own research and teaching on gender is that um, everybody actually knows a great deal about how gender works and how to be outside of gender norms and the consequences that happen for people there. Mm -hmm. So the idea that people cannot develop their own lessons that are critical and thoughtful about gender is wrong, but many people are hesitant to do that. So we basically came together and realized that what we wanted to see in the world was a place we could send people, a place we could send K-12 teachers to actually find lessons that they could adapt to their context and teach. 
So that was um, that need that we just came across constantly um, from the public and from from teachers who get in touch with us was the inspiration. And the, the collection's aim is to make teaching about gender diversity something that teachers, that any teacher can feel that they can actually do. So um, each chapter, so it's an edited book, so we wrote the intro and then some pieces throughout the book, but the meat of the book is lesson plans that teachers write um, that they have actually taught in K-12 um, or earlier settings. So the teacher offers a kind of a, a blurb about their own teaching and about the lesson and the experience of teaching it and then the lesson itself. Um, so it's it, the aim of the book is really to model, hey, like, hey, you can do this. Like you can teach about this topic. I've done it. This is how it goes. And this is how you do it. And it's fine. So that's, it's, that's, that's basically the project of the book is to make it super accessible to do. Okay. So with the requests that you've received from teachers in the past about some guidance on uh, creating lesson plans, are you finding that teachers have uh, particularly cisgendered teachers may be finding themselves outside of a comfort zone in teaching about gender diversity, especially where they may not have expertise, let alone direct experience with gender diversity issues? Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we generally have, we have a general climate, first of all, I think, if for teachers and societally of folks feeling like, folks feeling very averse to risk-taking in relation to topics that can be socially polarizing mm -hmm. um, and feeling like the only way that that can be taught or spoken about in a, like in, in the kind of authority that teachers take up when they teach something are people who've experienced it. So it's, it's useful to center the, to center people who have experienced something when you're creating content. And I understand that impulse, but it's also, we also have a, an unfortunate climate of people really fearing backlash um, from not getting something exactly right. So that fear is something that animates a lot of my work around things like gender neutral pronouns and making good mistakes instead of not making a mistake at all and um, doing one's best and things like that. So it's definitely, um, it's something that people are hesitant to engage because it feels so specialized. I mean, there's so many different terms and concepts related to um, gender identity and gender expression. And it's, it's very easy to be confused and overwhelmed by them. And I, I work pretty hard when I do teacher professional development to try to offer people sort of a framework for understanding these things and not definitions of individual terms, because it is, it is certainly an intimidating topic and it really doesn't have to be, um, but it does, it does take, it does take being willing to model that you don't know everything. And that is actually a wonderful gift to give your students. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little more about how gender diversity is currently taught in Canadian schools. Uh, do you find that it tends to be rather segregated as a special one-off topic or is it uh, something a little more integrated? Well, that's a great question um, because it it points to a lot of ways that we commonly understand what it means to teach something in a school. So traditionally, when we think about what students learn in school, we think about the domain of curriculum. So what teachers, what the content that teachers offer and curate for their students to engage. 
So that's definitely one site where students learn about stuff in school. But there's also a lot of other places in schools where children learn things. So children learn a lot from what we call the hidden curriculum of schooling. So the ways in which children are lined up and sorted on the basis of the gender binary, for example, or um, the ways that the ways that picture books might feature only gender normative ways of living. Mm -hmm. um, there's also there's also a tremendous um, ground of learning and just the everyday conversations that students have with teachers um, in the ways that students might share something about themselves, whether it's an interest or the pronoun of a partner they have or a person they're interested in uh, or a family member and there's reactions of surprise or shock. I mean, that's also a, a way that students learn a lot about gender at school. So your question points to uh, this points to what teachers might teach about, right? So how is gender diversity currently taught? Yes. And so my, my answer to that is not very much <laughs> in terms of the teacher's curriculum, but gender diversity is tremendously taught in schools in possibly every other way, particularly as something that you are punished for. Um, not conforming with whatever is locally gender normative. So whenever folks say to me, oh, like, why would I teach about gender in this way? Like, we don't have any trans kids. Um, I say, well, there's <laughs> gender is, A, you probably do, you just don't know. But B, all of your students are living gender in a very complex way where they're aware of what is normative and what is non-normative and they're navigating these systems. And that is an incredibly fertile ground for teaching and learning because students are already thinking about um, just as an example, like what is cool? Mm -hmm. What is cool is inseparable from how gender functions in a particular context. So the book has a lot of lessons that allow teachers to really dig into what their students know about gender. So I guess the quick answer is gender diversity isn't really taught in Canadian schools in a strict way, mm -hmm. like in a, in a teacher centered, I'm going to teach a lesson kind of way. Um, when it is, I would say for the most part, um, there's a, there's a little bit of trans 101. Um, there are a lot of elementary teachers are increasingly integrating read aloud read alouds that have gender diversity. There's a lot of beautiful picture books that um, engage different ways that people live gender. Uh, there's, there's a lot of room in the secondary curriculum for students to do independent inquiry projects. So those could definitely take up gender. But one thing I, I wanna point out, and I know I'm going on and on here, it turns out I don't want to say about it, <laughs> but uh, there's, uh, there's something I want to point out too, is that there's ways to integrate gender diversity into any lesson, just with the pronouns you might use, the un some unexpected pronouns in an example, even in a math class. And, and, and I'm glad that you, that you mentioned that. It's something I'd, I'm quite intrigued by teaching gender diversity in a class like math where mm -hmm. I feel like it would already be gender neutral but that's just a yes so well I mean gender I neutral gender neutral tends to devolve to just being um patriarchal okay you know like just like if we think something's race neutral it tends to center the center whiteness so uh -huh. um yeah, so gender gender is, I guess, the premise of the, the kind of gender scholarship tradition that I come from is that it's always with us. The degree to which we engage and, and work with and against that is what matters, not whether it's present or not. So, um, so in mathematics, for example, um, there's ways in which what 
what no like how math like where mathematics comes from and the ways that mathematics is used and privilege as a way to come to sort of true understandings of the world mm -hmm. i mean that is gendered whether or not we are um whether or not we're talking about gender explicitly or not so but content wise one of the beautiful lessons in this book by um mario suarez and his colleague is about um getting teaching students about variables and the relationships among variables and stats by getting them to chart the rise of gender neutral pronoun usage. Mm. So it's just a stats lesson on the surface, but it's you it's using this it's integrating this content, which is part of students worlds, whether they know it or not, as a way to learn a skill they have to learn anyway. And that's the kind of integrating we wanted to model with the book. I see. Okay, that's really fascinating. Yes, because I was, I was just thinking about it um, when I was uh, ahead of our interview, and I was thinking about, well, how would, how would this be taught in various classrooms, like shop class, for example? And I'm just thinking back to when, uh, when I was uh, a very young uh, student, like grade four, grade five as a precursor to, you know, sociology back then in 1984, it was called family <laughs> studies at my school. Yeah. And my mother was so angry at my homework assignment because the homework assignment involved like identifying the members of the family unit. And there was mm. father, daughter, oh, son. Man. <laughs> I, my mother was a single mother and I'm an only mm. child. And she's mm. like, you don't think that that's what a family looks like, do you? And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. my family. Um, mm. But it was one of those lessons that continued to be taught, I think, at my school and perhaps at other schools. <laughs> basically, oh, yeah. 1980s curricula. Um, so it's, it's really quite fascinating to see how things yeah. have uh, progressed over the years because in the 80s too uh, boy girl that was it there hey was, there you it go had to be on the binary and that was how it was just taught and how it was normalized in all the classrooms but this book really moves quite apart from old practices oh yeah and and just to use your wonderful example there as a way to illustrate two different ways you might think about integrating gender diversity into school curricula. So we can imagine in, in a class, whether secondary family studies as it's taught now, or like a, a, a traditional unit about families in elementary social studies, mm -hmm. we can imagine a unit about um, just family and all of the, and in many places throughout the materials and throughout the teacher's instruction, constantly like examples, terminology is used that indexes all kinds of different families. Like even something as simple as parents as opposed to, to mother and father or mother plural S or singular or father plural S or singular mm -hmm. things like, and, or mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of ways that those materials, when we're not like, this is, this is, and so that like, we're just teaching about the family, but we're dropping all these little nuggets that, that make family very expansive. So that's one approach. Mm -hmm. Then the other one is having a class about, um, queer families okay. um, and different family forms. So teachers have a huge array of tools. They can integrate diversity into lessons that are more general, or they can teach lessons about things that are more specific. And that's why well, I think both of those approaches are modeled in this book. Great.
And I like how you, uh, we've actually segued right into conversations about the family itself. Mm. This book, uh, teaching about gender diversity, is mm -hmm. clearly targeted towards educators in the K-12, but I think it might be useful <laughs> at the university level too. But Maybe. I wonder <laughs> if you have any advice for uh, parents out there mm -hmm. on talking to their school-aged children and reinforcing gender diversity awareness and allyship at their home. I sure do. And just, I do think, because I know this is the campus beat, um, the introduction, before I get to the substance of your question, the introduction has a lot of words of advice on how to make a classroom climate that's inclusive of gender diversity that would be very applicable to the post-secondary classroom. And many of the senior high school lessons um, could be readily adapted to teaching in the first year university classroom. So I just want to put that plug out there if any of my colleagues are listening. Um, but about advice for parents on talking to children and reinforcing gender diversity awareness. I think my, first of all, my book, Gender Your Guide, my previous book has a lot of content for parents. Um, there's a lot in there uh, and it's pretty easy to find, but I think my, my nugget for any parent is to model that whether it's your child or whether it's the people, the friends they make or the people they meet at school or the, the families of those people or the people who they might date, etc., to model with your language that you expect that any of those people could be anybody. So if you find out that one of your um, children has a friend and they're dating somebody then asking about that person with gender neutral pronouns like oh like have they known them for a long time mm -hmm. so and that is not saying the classic like awkward dad thing of i just want you to know that if your friend's dating a girl and they're both girls like that's okay with me like you don't actually have to say that <laughs> you can just say oh so caitlin's dating someone like are they at your school Nice. Um, and then regardless of what your child says to you or like, oh, your child, you could ask your child, your friend's parent if they could come over okay. later. Right. So just modeling that neutral um, sort of inviting the world neutral form of address that lets your kid know that you expect and respect these different ways that people are in the world. And it also drops a lot of little nuggets to tell them that if they eventually need to share something like this with you, then you have, you are opening the door for that. The door is already open. Um, and similarly, if your child or their friends or their friends, family members, if, if they share things with you that maybe are not super normative about their identities or their family structure, just really trying to just be as chill as possible and modeling that what you just heard is exactly what you were expecting to hear. All of these little everyday things create that environment where they could tell you something if they had to. That's outstanding advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Anything else to add before we end our show today? Oh, just uh, can I plug a new radio show on CFRC? Yes, you absolutely should. <laughs> Amazing. So I am really excited to share with Campus Beat listeners that I am, uh, along with some wonderful two local trans teens, Andy Clapper and Aiden Stork, we are launching a new show on CFRC that's going to be on the second and fourth 
Thursdays of every month at 4 p.m. And it's the Queer Prom Radio Hour. It's inspired by the Queer Prom that we run for uh, Kingston Queer and Trans Youth. And it's hilarious and silly and decent music, some strange music, ridiculous conversations, and a whole lot of um, queer and trans cultural references. So if you know a young person or if you just want to listen, it's four to five, the second and third Thursdays of every month on CFRC. Yes, yeah, so stay tuned, everyone, for some fun promos uh, on our social Ooh. media and maybe Lee's social media and everybody's social media because it's just, we'll, we'll be taking over Kingston and Queen's University with a huge splash. Thank you very much, Dr. Lee Ayrton of Queen's University for joining us today and chatting about this new collection, Teaching About Gender Diversity, Teacher-Tested Lesson Plans for K-12, Classrooms with Canadian Scholars Press, released uh, just last about a month ago, I understand. Yeah, it came in the mail last week. Thank you very much, Lee, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you again soon. And of course, thank you, Dinah. Uh, yes, we look forward to the new music program with uh, some awesome trans teens that you're running to. Queer Prom Radio Show. Awesome. Thanks, Dinah. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 